Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Adam Shankman, the film director, producer, and choreographer who is one of Hollywood's go-to guys for musicals and dance movies. He's directed and choreographed the film adaptations of Hairspray and Rock of Ages, produced the Step Up movies, served as a judge on eight seasons of So You Think You Can Dance, and is credited as the choreographer on everything from Boogie Nights to the animated Anastasia to the fan-favorite musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's here in the studio with me to talk about getting started on stage and in Hollywood, his latest movie, Taraji P. Henson comedy What Men Want, and what he's got on his plate in the future, including that long-in-development sequel to the hit movie musical Enchanted. Hey, Adam. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, so your new movie, What Men Want, it's mm-hmm. in theaters now, mm-hmm. and it's a new version of the Nancy Myers movie about, in this case, a female sports agent who suddenly discovers that she can read men's minds. Yes. Um, so it's not a musical, and there's no dance in it, but it made no. me wonder, yeah. given the arc of your career, what, how does your work in sort of dance and movement and musicals sort of inform how you work on something like What Men Want? Um, okay, like... Well, to, but to begin with, I see every script. Uh, well, when I read a script, it it processes in my head like a score. And so every script, the way um, any writer writes has its own rhythm. And if I can feel the tempo of what's going on, maybe I connect with like the rhythm of what's going on and kind of the language that's going on. I, I connect with it in the same way that I connect with music. Right. And so um, when I... This movie had a very when I read the script had a very kind of a um, I don't know how to say this but like a big band feeling Mm. to it to me like a a big swing band feeling to it when I read it and uh, is that just an intuition like can you identify why you felt that way about it there was something about the writing of like how she moved through life Mm. and how um and the and the um challenges that she kept finding herself in and that it was and her character excuse me and her character was very propulsive and um, relentless mm. as written, and um, and so when I I took the job and I first was talking to Taraji, I said, "Listen, I'm going to send you a piece of music. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but in my head, this is you." 
And I think she was like, oh, okay, that's weird, but okay. <laughs> and um, what was it? Sing, sing, sing. I sent her the original recording of Sing, Sing, Sing. Okay. And I said, this section is you in this part of the movie. Right now, this is where things start to go wrong. This is when this, this is when you're celebrating. This is when you're taking advantage of it. And she wrote, she got it and she wrote me back. She was like, I get the movie. Let's do this. You know what I mean? And because she thinks that same way too. Um, She is a theater girl. She is a, an old movie buff. She is a major, major fan of the same kind of classic screwball comedian stars that um, I love Mm -hmm. and that sort of I learned from. Um, And so, uh, you know, we related to each other in that way. Now, I I mean, you can can totally tell me like, oh, oh, I didn't see it this way. Mm -hmm. But like, I really use music a lot in this movie. Uh Um, And... um, and so there, so there's part of it that sort of ends up feeling a little bit musically anyway, mixed with how kind of choreographed all the scenes are. Mm. Like they, those people are moving around like crazy, and the cameras moving around like crazy. And we had a very short shoot. Like this was the shortest um, shoot that I've ever done since like a Walk to Remember, which was the shortest oh, yeah. I'd done. So, yeah. so how many the, days was that? Um, was 35 days. Okay. So I, I shot the whole movie in like six weeks. Okay. So, right. um, or sorry, sorry, six and a half weeks. Okay. And um, which is short. It's short. Like yeah. that's really short. Like, you know, hairspray for example was a little over three months, and right. Rock of Ages the same thing. It was like they're like a, movies take time. Yeah. This one I did very <laughs> fast, and so I really had to kind of. But I really, again, I really wanted that kind of swingy energy to it, and that's what the cutting is like in it, and, yep. the, and the camera work, and all of that. So that's kind of what I did. Right. Yeah. Does that ex- I feel answer like, your question? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. absolutely. Um, and I feel like any uh, movie, especially any comedy that, uh, or any piece of uh, art at this point that sort of deals with gender and the politics of gender, yeah. like, has to sort of wade into an area that has fairly recently been kind of transformed in the way we think about it after like me too and time's up. And how do you think about sort of what, where this movie lands in, in that and how it plays today, as opposed to maybe how the Mel Gibson movie played in 2000. I think the easiest way to explain the difference between the two in terms of how I just perceived it is that in the Mel Gibson, Nancy Meyer, Helen Hunt version of the movie, Mel Gibson was really the villain of the piece and the hero of the piece. Like, he was the enemy and the hero. And his chauvinism, misogyny, all of his, you know, flagrant uh, disrespect for the value of women was an important part of the narrative. And um, how he used charm to kind of blow through that and then through love, he figures out that he's a bad guy and yada, yada, yada. So, um, in my version of the movie, because of the time we live in, what I discovered very quickly was no matter what I did to her to make her tough or difficult or whatever, she could never be as bad as the culture that she was in the middle of. 
So she, which is not to say that it's just every man was out there to keep her down. It's just like the culture, like she's a sports agent in the movie. It's a super male dominated um, world. And, you know, she had to really fight for her place in there. And she was behaving how she thought she needed to behave in order to climb the ladder. Right. Um, So her, her behavior is sort of a means to an end. As opposed to just a life premise, which is like the Mel Gibson version. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. His is just like, this is how life works. Um, For her, (laughs) she's like, this is how I succeed. And she has a, a, you know, when she's talking to her dad, she's boxing with her dad in one of those early scenes. She says, how am I supposed to um, win in a system that's rigged against me? And he just says, you be you, which ends up pretty much kind of boiling down the whole movie into... That moment. I mean, right. it, it, you, we do end up there, right? Um, but that, to me, was the most striking thing, which was like because there was like there was a lot of talk while we were developing it about like, oh, we got to keep her likable, we got to keep her. I said, guys, we do not. First of all, if you don't want likable, don't hire Taraji because Taraji's like likable, like. Yep. That is a cornerstone. She's also, this is sort of her first big comedy, and she's also yeah. very funny. We should say she's, she is hilarious, she's delightful. Yeah, she's hilarious and. Um, there was no, like, ooh, how am I going to make Taraji funny? Like, yeah. Taraji's like, really, really funny right. in life. And she loved making this movie because she loved working in funny scenes with funny actors, mm-hmm. being supported by them. Um, Erica Badu is in this uh, Erica Badu well. is, is very much real this. funny as well in a way that I didn't wasn't aware that she Go was. Go to her Instagram account if you oh, want to oh, see okay. hilarious. Like, <laughs> it is, it, it is mind-boggling. Like, <laughs> she lives to create and she is, I, you know, people don't know this about Erica, mm. um, but she, like, she went to a performing arts high school and she's like an act, she's a trained actor, She like all of that. She's just an extraordinary a kind of musician and cultural icon and so you don't know that side of her right, right. Um, but now you will yeah. you know I mean because I think that she's going to be the big surprise mm-hmm. for everybody I think people are going to be like really into how funny Taraji is I think Erica will be like the whoa we never saw that coming yeah, for a while I was like, wait, is this actually her? Like, yeah. it really, it took a couple minutes for it to sink in. So, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's not like, her in, like, a weird plastic nose or anything no, like that. It's 100%, no, it's just, it's 100% it her, like her. Yeah, and yeah. yet people are like, going, is that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's nothing different about yeah. her. Like, that's her. So, <laughs> but it's it's kind of amazing. Right, yeah, that's yeah. been That's been fun for me to watch. Um, yeah. And um, uh, working with her is is. It's just really fun. I mean, I, I you know, a lot of times, like, I, I, I made sure we got everything that was scripted, but then it became just guidance mm-hmm. and about saying, like, now I want you to just talk about this with this person or mm-hmm. just talk about this with this person, and this is your point of view, and this is your point of view, and this is where we'll go. Or now just do, like, a tarot reading for this character over here, which was crazy because we had no time to do yeah, any of that. Yeah. But I knew that that's where I was going to find some very special moments. Do you do a lot of improv in general? It sounds not like probably general. not because you're choreographing the camera and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, not in general. But in this case, it was um, very important to me to, when you're hiring like really funny people like Wendy McClendon-Covey, mm-hmm. like Pete Davidson, like, you know, any number of uh, of the actors that were in this movie, like Erica. Right. 
it is important. Or Tracy Morgan. Oh, like, yeah. Also Tracy Morgan. Yeah, yep. Tracy Morgan. Totally. Like, I want to get what's scripted, and then I also want... I cast them for a reason. I didn't cast them because they said the lines the best way. Right, right. There was something about those people that made me want to put them in the movie. Yeah. Like, that's really how this movie kind of came together. Right. Because it came together really fast. I mean, I literally didn't get on until mid-March of last year. Okay. I didn't start until mid-March of last year being on the movie, let right. alone, like, prepping it. So, right. like, right. I mean, the whole thing was fast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So... Your path to where you are today uh, didn't go through Broadway, at least not yet, but it certainly had, like, began in performing arts, and you were in New York, and you went to Juilliard, Broadway and you studied adjacent. dance. You were Broadway adjacent. That's yeah. totally right. Yeah. Um, and so when you went to Juilliard, you auditioned for both acting and dance, is that right? Yeah. And you'd never danced before. Well, I had danced in things, but I'd never taken dance classes. Okay. And so... And did I you... danced around. Yeah, okay. I, like I was in, like I was in, you know, school plays in the chorus, and I was in. Um, so you knew school you plays liked... at camp, and I was in play. Yes, right. I knew. So I you loved... knew like dance and performance. I did, and I was a, I was a gymnast when I was a kid. Okay, so okay. I had a, and and I loved. I grew up on musicals, MGM musicals, movie musicals, right. um, theater. I mean, I remember. This is going to sound freaking scary because you're going to be like you're lying I'm not lying about this like I remember a lot of people who listen to this hopefully will, will know that once upon a time first national tours would go out with a lot of the original cast oh sure yeah and so I saw most of the originals do the first national tour of Promises Promises when I was four years old wow in Los Angeles do you remember that and I do yeah. I remember yeah, she likes basketball. Like I remember that scene. I remember freaking turkey lurky. Like I like I remember that from my child seat. I remember going and seeing that company, that first company of course line in L.A. when yeah. I was twelve. Like like I like now I can remember it viscerally. Like it had a huge impact on me. Um, the way I imagine, you know, people perceive Hamilton and all that now. I mean, that's what Chorus Line was to me. So. Right. Yeah. And so, and then you studied at Juilliard, and then you uh, were you performed on stage in a little while. For I did. A well, while, what happened then... was I got into Juilliard. It was. Uh, it's true. It was like this very flash dancey thing. I auditioned and had never really taken classes, and people were like, "Oh, Gasp. you're weird, but you're interesting. Like, there's something we like." you're a really good dancer, but like what's going on? And I got in, um, but you know, I, it, it's sort of like, you're, you're not allowed to say like I had, I've had no years of no training. You're just supposed to sit there and listen to them critique you and you audition. And I got in and it was really brutal. Like, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't even know the language of a ballet bar. Um, I didn't, you know, I very quickly found out like who people like Jose Lamone and uh, where I, like you know and and all of that. So, but it was hard, and I was I was um, I'm not gonna say I was abused, but I, it didn't feel like a very nurturing place for me. Right, right. And I was kind of abused, and um, so I left, right. and. I actually did one day at NYU and then was like, you know, this is going to be the same thing all over again. Yeah. And I got a job in a restaurant here <clears throat> and then auditioned for my first professional show and got in. Right. Um, was really lucky in that um, 
and then that led to me doing a lot of regional theater, which right, I did right. do for a long time. And then you ended up in LA, and you yeah. danced in some music videos, and yeah, I did some music videos. I danced for Janet Jackson for some, and yeah. Paula Abdul. Oh wait, no, which videos? This is actually important. Which videos for Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul? That well, the the uh, Scat Cat video for Paula, and then it was and then Opposites it was, attract that one. Uh, uh, yeah, and then there was the uh, oh, Escapade for Janet. Oh, Escapade. And then yeah. I did the American Music Awards for Janet, and then. Um, then Paula hired me to do the Academy Awards in 1990. Oh, and so I, so I was, I was a dancer. I was, my dream was like happening, but in the wrong city because I really (laughs) wanted to be a background dancer. I wanted to be a chorus boy in New York and, and I know it's going to sound stupid and like, oh, eye rolling, but I still like when I, I remember that first time I went and saw Newsies and I was like, why isn't that me up there right now? And and the answer was well because you're 80 yeah. um, <laughs> A and B because you know even when you know at, dancing is a bit like gymnastics in that uh, it evolves and people are suddenly able to do things they were never able to do before right. and the kids who were dancing in the, oh, by the way a bunch of them were from So You Think You Can Dance so yeah definitely I, true I, yep, I knew, you knew I them, knew right? them yeah. and yeah. had like was very excited about seeing them go on and right. doing all these other things but I was really jealous, like, because I, I was like, that's what I remember loving so much. Yeah. Um, and yes, things did not work out that way, but, and yes, things worked out fine, but I, I still, I'm a big, I'm a big Broadway guy. I love yeah. Broadway so much. And so, have you wanted to work on Broadway? Has the yes. opportunity come up? Like, what, what's the, what's kept you from, I mean, you've obviously well, been the, very the busy in Hollywood. sort of taste that I did, time. like, it's, uh, it's rather well known that mm-hmm. I'm, you know, two of my oldest friends are Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, sure. and... Um, when Scott put on his first, um, the Patti LuPone show that was on Broadway with just her one woman show. Um, oh, okay. Something uh-huh. from the heart. Or, uh, or yes. The, oh. Whatever it was. Yep. Yep. It was her and four guys. Yep. He actually asked me, he's like, would you stage all the guys behind her? And it's like right. that. So right. I don't even think I was credited. Um, you were not. That's it. true. And, but I staged right. the guys in her show, right, right, right. which must have been this crazy union violation at the time, but you know, guess what? Mm, we got only <laughs> in it. Um, but I did it, right? And I think that, that I got paid a hug and a smile. Yeah, and um, it's more than most, honestly. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, so I have choreographed a Broadway show, yeah, actually, yeah. technically. Um, yeah. But then, um, recently, I we are developing. I produced the movie Seventeen again. Yeah. And yeah, so Warner Brothers been has been working on that for a while. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm supposed to direct it, and I'm producing it, right. and all that. So that's a Great. thing. Yeah. Um, and how's that going, by the way? I saw a reading of it years ago, but it's been around it, for a while. They're working on it. I yeah, they so, were just yeah. working on it. You know, yeah. I mean, getting you know this, uh, getting yeah. people to put up a show is hard. And I think that I think the thought around that show is basically to um, the the initial thought was to make it a licensing property. Mm. Um, kind of in the vein of High School Musical. And then I got involved and the readings were going really well and people were going like, oh no, this could have a life right. better than licensing. So I think that's where things started to like get right. topsy-turvy for everybody because like, ooh, well, this isn't how we saw it. Now it's this. And wait, is it good enough to right. be this thing? And yeah, so you know, I think that's what's happening with that right now. Remind me who wrote the music for that? That's for uh, 17 again. Alan Zachary and Michael Weiner right. um, wrote the music. Who wrote they First Date. Yeah, who wrote yep. First Date. And they did a great job. Um, I think they're also working on Second Night Lions. They're working, yep. they're working on a bunch of stuff. Yep. And um, 
they wrote some really good music um, for it. The the book ended up being really strong. Marco Panette, who did you know all the work right. on uh, that last on the twentieth century, right. came in and did the book, and it was good. And, or it is good, and so we'll see what happens with it. Right. That said, there are other things that I am working on that I am very excited to be working for on for the stage. For the stage, okay. but it it is like you know it's funny because it's like. At a, a bit at a snail's pace. I'm not in New York all the time, so I can't be hammering at everybody to like make this thing happen. Right. And if and I think if I was here, things excuse me. Right. And I think if I was here, things would happen much faster. Right. Yeah. Do you as you, you've directed shows that started out on stage and uh, uh, and directed the film first? Oh yeah. What yeah. um what have you found are the particular challenges of capturing singing and dancing on stage what's well what do you, what do the, you have to solve every the, time you make well the, well the big difference is for me well first of all you know you have you know people are really in love with the shows when it's like a broadway show people were really really in love with the shows and so but broadway shows are generally much longer than an audience will tolerate a movie musical mm-hmm. to be and so things have to get cut. Like distributors won't even like show them if they're too long. Like you know. And so, um, but the thing that I find to be the most challenging is that oftentimes musical numbers create bridges on stage that might not work in a close-up. Okay, I will tell you, for example, a decision that I made. The first decision I made when I was doing Hairspray. And I know for some people it was controversial. Um, For Mark and Scott, it was not. For me, it was not. Which is that the first thing I said after I took the job was, I think I want to cut Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now. Which is a hugely beloved song from the show. And I thought Mark was going to go crazy on me, and he didn't. And he said, why? And I said, because I feel like in the movie, it gives Amber, Tracy, and Penny a common enemy. And I do not want Amber and Tracy to have the same enemy at the top of the show, at the top of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he sort of went, okay, that makes sense to me. And so, boom, it was out. Because it actually, if you think about it, that number does not move the story forward right. in any way. So it just popped out. It's just a fun number. Right. And when I'm making a movie musical, moving the story forward is super important because right. time is very precious in a way that it's different than time mm-hmm. on stage. Right. Um, and I think that's partially because of the interaction, the hu- the actual physical interaction being in the same space together. Yeah. I think audiences on stage accept a lot more. What's the secret to filming dance well? I think that maybe it's about having a point of view about um, the camera. A, the camera's participation mm-hmm. in the number. Um, is that different for every number? It is, because sometimes you want to just be an observer and sometimes you want to be in the number. Right. Um, you know, on, on um, reality television when we're seeing things like Dancing with Stars, So You Think You Can Dance, World of Dance, you know, they have those steady cams up on stage, whipping around those people. So, like, we've gotten very used to on television seeing 
dance photographed a certain way where the camera is actually creating 30 to 50% of the movement that's happening. Um, Sometimes that's fun in a movie when you're trying to create a certain kind of narrative energy. And sometimes you want to just sit and lay back and watch the people dance and sing. Right. And, you know, I have certain points of view about um, when, if I want people to feel a sense of stature, I'll drop the camera lower so they look taller. I also will drop the camera lower because when people jump, they look like they're jumping higher than they're really jumping. (laughs) Um, When You know, you raise the camera up when you want to see patterns and you want to see more geography. Um, I think that, um, you know... those are just like little secrets and tricks, sure. you know, that you do. Um, so you don't have a, it sounds like you don't have a sort of rule of thumb about like, oh, I'm a, I'm, I mean, you're clearly not, but like, I'm a person who likes to have the camera hang back and watch from the stage, or I'm a person who likes to be in close. It sounds like it's different. It did. For every, no, every sort of number, moment every, moment every number asks for a different thing. Right. I, I think it would be strange to have a style, sort of a set philosophy on dance should be like this. I mean, I, I know that I prefer when I see dance photographed a certain way, and I th- and when I see it cut not that way, I think like, uh, I'll bet there was a better shot of this moment, or I'll bet there were, or I wonder why they didn't do this, or something like that. Did you have you choreographed anything for a film that you didn't direct that you have seen shot in a way that you thought, oh, bummer? Oh, that would be so mean to the no, don't, who no, worked on no, my not, stuff, not not specifically, like, but like, does that happen? Like, how oh, much yeah, do you interact with? Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. A, yeah. Well, like early on when I was choreographing movies early on and I really felt like I didn't have anything to say, mm-hmm. I would just sort of like um, lean back, back and let them do the thing. And, right. and But as time went on and I was doing, I, I mean, there was a moment which I was doing so much film choreography right. that it would have been um, almost strange to not have me in there because mostly I was working with directors who right. either had no experience shooting it because also remember I was choreographing dance mostly when there were not musicals being made so the numbers right. that I was doing were just there because they were in the script because mm. somebody thought it would be fun for the trailer because <laughs> something like that like I, I mean I did you know I did like 70, 80 movies in like nine years right. and the directors by and large were not that interested in the numbers they just were there so they shot them mm-hmm. and there but like some of my favorite not like okay so there this is gonna sound crazy because this was this is not a movie that I don't think a lot of people saw mm-hmm. but I did some of my favorite movie choreography and it's all comedy um, mm-hmm. in the movie Dudley Do Right oh and which is a strange thing to reference but the director of that movie basically said you take care of this right. I'm I'm not the guy for this. And he left me alone Mm. with the camera and the dancers and the actors. And I just sort of, so I did that. That was the moment. That was a bit of a turning point, although it was subconscious. I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. All right. But I didn't care. And I, and I had been doing it so long at that point. I was like, that's fine with me. How long when you shoot something like that, how long do you get with the actors and the camera and the, you know what? It's, it's different for each thing. Like, um, like I, I mean, I can tell you, on on hairspray, mm. the entire Miss Teenage Hairspray contest from the second that that sequence starts, from 
the song Hairspray right. to then Cooties to then um, Through You Can't Stop the Beat. Mm-hmm. That took me nine days. Okay. So that was nine days of shooting to do that entire sequence. Yeah. Now we shot in chunks because the lead principal actors, the John and Michelle and Chris and all of them, were not there every day. Right. So when they were in town, I had to turn the camera around and shoot them. So I never shot anything in a complete thing. Um, right. On Glee, yeah. they would basically schedule a musical number for or I, you know I produced Step Up which right. that TV yeah, exactly. show I, I, we we give any dance number like four hours wow yeah so that that's like four hours on Glee you have like we used to have like something like half a day or something like right. that right. on on Rock of Ages I well Rock of Ages every number was divided into so many parts All right yeah. that you know yeah. I, I it would be hard to judge but I right. mean it's. I'm pretty fast. Like I, I'll shoot dance fast because I believe in being super well rehearsed mm. before you go in there and and doing it. I is that hard to get sometimes? I feel like yeah, rehearsal like, can be a okay, hard thing to ask. So I'm getting a lot of um, calls now because people want to talk about she's all that, which was the last movie I choreographed before I started to direct, uh-huh. and that prom scene is sort of like entrenched in pop culture in yeah. a strange way. And I had only two hours to make that up and teach it right I didn't get auditions I just had to call the dancers that oh. movie was so low budget we rehearsed in a lobby of the Cerritos Auto Square <laughs> Auto Center where we shot the scene so we were not in a dance studio we were literally in the lobby of a car sales place mm-hmm. a car mart yeah. and <laughs> They then they went from me into wardrobe the next day we shot the scene and we shot that probably the whole dance part of that scene we did for half a day wow so six yeah. hours yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the other things you have coming up I know you're working on the the sequel to Enchanted yeah. tell us about that and where it stands And um, it's a, where it stands yeah. is we are working right now we'll have a new draft of the script into the studio hopefully in like six or seven weeks and we'll have it from there same uh, who's writing the songs Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz Alan same. Menken and Stephen Schwartz great. are still writing it great and um, who of the Adams, cast comes back yeah please Amy Adams great. Ian James Marsden in Adina Menzel excellent says yes and will sing if I over, if I have anything to say about awesome. it for sure right we've all talked about that yeah <laughs> um, and uh, Patrick yeah so the the leading great. four people yeah, will be back right. there's Patrick Dempsey just yeah. for people who haven't seen it great yes. and so yes, when yes, will yes, that happen yes. do you know I don't know. Okay. I, it's all we talk about. Amy and I are just like stare at each other and go like, when do we start? When do we start? When do we start? But right. uh, making movie... Okay, so the movie business, since the first Enchanted was made... Mm. Which was has t- 12 10 years, years ago, right? Yeah. 10 or 11 years yeah. ago. Has compressed so dramatically. The number... Like, when Enchanted was made, I think Disney was making like 25 movies a year or something like right. that. Disney now makes like four movies a year. Right. So, you know... This is Disney proper. Disney, Disney, Disney yeah, proper. Right. Not the Marvel and all Disney. that stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. actually, under the Disney label... Right. You know, for five at the most movies yep. get made. So, um, so like, you know, getting in there, it's it's a big candidate. Like, please, please look at me. And they're so busy with Aladdin's and sure. Little Mermaids and Snow White. And yep. all of that, you know, and there's little, the little Giselle that could is sitting over in the corner going like, <laughs> make me, make me. Right. You know, but we're yeah. all here. I mean, right. so right. we're ready to yeah. go. We and love, we love what the story is about. Yeah. So. And what else are you working on that you can tell us about? 
Mm, I have that TV show that was announced. It was announced that there's yeah, a Yeah, tell us about that, yeah. yeah. About Step Up? Yeah, please. Step Up's on YouTube Premium. We're going into our second season. It was like a hugely... I just like got told, like I think my pilot had like over 40 million views, oh, wow. which I'm told is really good. That sounds um, good. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, like, I watched the whole pilot. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, somebody liked it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or one person liked it 40 million somebody times. Somebody yeah. liked it 40 million <laughs> times. Right. Um, it's a really energetic, incredibly talented cast. Um, I'm very proud of the show. Um, season two, I think, kind of kicks ass. Um, and um, hopefully that will keep rolling along i just finished working on um a show with a musical element for netflix called aj and the queen that uh um, michael patrick king created Uh um with rupaul yep and so So that's you've just named all the things i know about that show yes and Uh, that's all the things i'm allowed to say okay got it yes (laughs) so um but i i just did an episode of that which was really really fun because michael's an old friend of mine through Sarah Jessica, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, this is Michael Patrick King, the creator of Sex and yes, City. Yes, it's Michael like Patrick King. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I no, know. it's quite all right. Yeah. And I'm I not, agree. it's, uh, I hope it doesn't sound, I, for some reason, I think because it's pop culture, I think everybody just knows who Michael Patrick King is. Right. Um, it, uh, probably they do. They just, they just don't know they, they know his work. They just might not know his name, right? Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, I am, gosh, what am I doing? I'm doing so much stuff. Well, um, here's a question. What, yes. what contemporary Broadway musical do you think would make a good movie and why? Contemporary Broadway yeah, musical? Like, like it's happening right oh, now. Oh, like I, I mean, there, it is no secret that I want to make Spring Awakening like I want oxygen. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm drowning and I want oxygen. What is it about and that the same, show? And the same can be said of 13. Oh, yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. I want to I do those two really hardcore. Um, Very different reasons. Yeah, by the way. and what are what are the two reasons actually? Like, what is it about those in particular that you really want to get on screen? They they are polar reasons. Mm-hmm. One is because, well, the reason to do Spring Awakening is because the music is so magnificent mm-hmm. and the and it is so delicate. And I think that there is a very timely um, story in there about. Uh, the way in which women are made to feel and, you know, and judged with a historical sense, but it's really about the, you know, sort of the pain of first love and all of that. And, um, and it is, and it's the delicate nature of it that I love mixed with the bombast of some of the music. Um, and I, I just, in my head, I see it really, really well. Which is the only reason to ever make anything. If you can't see it, you should not shoot it. I'll tell you that much. Um, and then 13, um, because I have spent so much time thinking about since I got five years ago, I got sober. And since then, I have really realized that I've spent an enormous amount of my time avoiding the subject of defining myself and defining myself by all the wrong things, like my success or my uh, my relationships or my whatever, the, my my way of def- defining myself. And I saw a production, and the second I heard Evan's character say, I'm becoming a man, I don't know what a man really means, I literally started to cry. Mm. And because I also have all these like weird, you know, kind of Which, residual young thoughts about like 
I'm not sure I ever really dealt with the, the stress uh, that I felt about coming out sometimes. Like, I, I don't know that I ever properly dealt with that because I, I'm at an age I came out in a time when it was not great, you know? So, whatever. Right. That's past. I'm fine. Yeah. It's all good. Like, <laughs> right. I'm gay. It's all happy. What, what was that production of 13 that you saw? Was you're, it, you're, it I, was I, the... almost, I can't even, I barely can say. It was a high school production that I saw a friend okay. of mine at the Harvard-Westlake School in Los Angeles. In, Los, in LA, yeah. 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 And so I went, and it was really good, and I basically went crazy, and I just started calling everybody and saying, I need to make this, and right. yada, yada, yada. All right. Well, we hope to see one or both of those yeah. sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being here, Adam. It was Thank great to talk so to much. you. Yeah. Thank you. That was Adam Shankman, whose new movie, What Men Want, is now in theaters. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. Until next week, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.